Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. We are super excited and extremely honored to have an amazing guest today. Uh, we were lucky enough to catch this gal when she was going to be in LA doing a lot of promo for her company, uh, which is Bumble, which I know you guys are familiar with. So uh, really pumped to have Alex Williamson on the podcast today. Um, when we originally did this, we did this live with Alex and unfortunately my microphone was not working. Uh, but for Fortunately, hers was, and the things that she said just came out great. Audio is great. So I'm going to go back and re-record the question. So if it feels like a tiny bit off, hopefully it's not too disruptive, but wanted to give you guys a heads up. Pumped, 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 because this interview is gold. Alex Williamson is the, uh, she's the head brand officer for Bumble. I know you guys know Bumble. We've talked about it several times on the podcast. It is a dating app, but they also have a couple of other really amazing tools like Bumble BFF, which we've actually talked about quite a bit. That's how you can potentially find people and friends uh, in your area. And both Danny and I have used that. And then Bumble Biz, which is how you can potentially network with other people who you want to connect with on a business level. So there's a Bumble Date, there's Bumble Biz, and there is Bumble BFF. And so we're pumped because we love this company. We think that they are doing amazing things, especially for women. And we were really honored to get this opportunity. So welcome to the podcast, Alex. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much uh, for inviting us. And thank you for talking about Bumble on your podcast as well. So we love Bumble. We've actually been talking about it quite a bit on the podcast and Bumble actually sponsored an event that we held in Los Angeles called Brunch with Thy Besties. We were so grateful to the company for doing that. And you know, it's interesting. Our audience is a lot of people who who potentially are going through relationship issues, changes, loss, et cetera, similar to Danny and I, who's my co-host. And, you know, we kind of talked about getting on dating apps when we first got went through our divorce and went through the changes in our relationship and Bumble was the one that we used the most. So we are huge fans of the company. So really quick, can you just dive into, obviously you are extremely accomplished. You are a marketing expert, branding expert. How did you get started? How did you get to this point with Bumble? Give us a little bit of history on that background. Sure. It's a, it's a long story. It's, it's, so I, I can give you the background on how I got to Bumble and then I can give you some insight into what we were trying to change with Bumble. Um, and a lot of it was that feeling of, of being embarrassed for anybody to see that you're on a dating app. It truly, in my opinion, being on a dating app is, or on an app to find friends or business is just, it's accessibility and it's just the ease of meeting new people. You aren't left in a situation where you're like having to finish a work day and then go out at night and try to find somebody, which can, like somebody to talk to, which can be very awkward. And, um, and this just creates an, an, a quicker way to meet new people. And so when we first launched Bumble, I actually started with the company in the beginning uh, to launch it. I was brought on as a three-month contract employee to launch Bumble Dallas. I was living in Dallas at the time. And then quickly, within three weeks, took over all of our social and content and copy. And um, what we were trying to do in the beginning and 
why, you know, that, that copy started to really matter is because it was the first time that a tech company was really speaking to women from women and really like changing the perspective, like the perspective and the perception around dating apps. And so when we first launched, like what we were up against, were, it was two different things. First off, people were saying to us, you know, you're never like, this is never going to take off. This is cute. What a, what a like fun little idea that you all have had. And nobody at that point wanted to be on dating apps. It was something that women had had really bad experiences online. And there was a lot of harassment that takes place and aggression that takes place when men feel rejected. And that's really how Bumble was created. It was this idea of like fixing what is broken in society. And and for that, it was fixing what was broken in dating. And with that, you have women feeling disempowered and feeling like they have to wait for a man to make the first move or to text after a date or to set up a date, ask you out, all of those things. And if you do that, you're, you're considered desperate or crazy or all of these terrible phrases that we've, we've allowed to be placed on women. And we've all kind of bought into that rhetoric and felt like that's part of, you know, you don't want to be these things. And in order to, to find a partner, you have to play a game when really that's not helping you find the right partner at all. Um, and so we were trying to change the perception around dating apps and the perception around women not being able to go after what they wanted in their lives. And so not only were we trying to say like dating is like dating apps are cool. They're useful. It's a tool for you. You should download this and want to be on it. But, and, and trying to change that, you know, that whole stigma around dating apps. But then we were saying on top of that, not only women are you, and like to all of our, our friends, you know, saying like, not only are you going to want to download this app and use it, but you're going to have to make the first move for the first time in your life. We're actually putting you in control. And that's a very scary, unknown feeling. But what we found early on was not only the response from men was above and beyond what we could have ever imagined, because it was the first time that a lot of men who weren't comfortable being the aggressor and weren't comfortable having to make the first move, like good guys were able to just wait and, and, and know that, that somebody's interested. It created, it created a different level of intention and dating and then you put like women in control and it creates this ripple effect in their life of confidence. Like you make a first move and the worst case that like that happens is the person doesn't respond or it's not your person. And then you just move on with your life. But, but when you have that moment where you do something that you, that scares you and that you didn't expect uh, to do ever, it, it creates that ripple effect in your life. And so it turned in making the first move. Our slogan was make the first move. And it turned into this mantra for so many women around the world, which is really exciting to see is, is actually putting yourself out there in an empowered way every day in your life. That is amazing. I love that so much. And, you know, I wanted, you said several things that I want to kind of dive into. One is which this kind of traditional model of that was a little bit aggressive. And I know that you guys have something that you're getting ready to start around like potentially sending unsolicited dick pics. So obviously, Danny and I, we have been the recipient of some unsolicited, uh, inappropriate pictures. And I love that you guys are doing something. And this is a brand new thing that you guys are doing. So it's very cool. The private detector will be out in June. Yeah. So people are going to, I guess the app, right, is going to have some level of like being able to detect up to like eight, 98% if like this is going to be an unsolicited, inappropriate photo. Uh, And that is very cool. And we're looking forward to that. So, you know, I do want to ask you, why do people take rejection so personally? You mentioned that and it's, you know, it's interesting actually getting on dating apps and being on Bumble 
got me a lot more confident dealing with rejection because obviously you're you're matching with so many different people. Not everyone's going to be a match and not everyone's going to be down for, you know, meeting up or, or talking to you. And so actually being on the app has made rejection a little bit easier to take personally for me. Why do you think that we take it so personally and why is this an issue? A couple of things. I do want to touch back on the private detector and the fact that on Bumble in the beginning, our very first feature that we added was photo sharing and you, it was a blurred image. And when you click on the image, it's watermarked with your photo on it so that you're held responsible for your actions. So why anybody would still send an unsolicited (laughs) nude photo after like knowing that you're going to be watermarked on our platform is beyond me. I'm happy that we are doing something to change that. Um, But but the rejection, I think it, it comes down to this deep, and, and this, listen, I, I've learned a lot of this through personal experience as well, but I think that we are all looking to be validated from other people that we're enough, that we matter, and that we are lovable. And I think that when you put someone in a, in a position to have another person determine whether or not you are those things, um, aggression can happen. And it it comes from a lot of hurt that isn't necessarily, has nothing to do with that one person on the other end. It's all of like the the junk that you're bringing with, like that we all bring with us into these, into relationships and onto platforms. And I think it all is, it stems from a lot of hurt. And that's why, you know, at Bumble, we have Bumble Date. Okay, so we have Bumble Date, Bumble Biz, and Bumble BFF. And so we believe that you have, that we can help facilitate on three important relationships in your life, romantic, whatever that looks like for you, uh, friendship, and then business. And we also always talk about internally that there's in our team and the way that we communicate with our users, that there's another relationship that we try to help people with. And that's the most important one, which is the relationship with you. And if you're not feeling complete, then you're relying on someone else to validate that com- that feeling for you. And that's an unhealthy place to be in any relationship. You got to figure that out first. And that's a hard journey. I think that's a lifelong journey and it's finding people who are willing to be on that journey with you. Cool. So I am interested uh, from your perspective and, you know, well, have you used the app? Yes, actually, I've used the app as a user a lot. When Bumble first launched, that was part of what I did every single day. I would actually go on the platform and meet uh, really interesting people. A lot of our very first partnerships, which kind of took us into Bumble Biz, were people that we'd met on the app. But I was using it. And at that point, not only was I like profile doctoring, so I would match with people who I could tell where their profiles could be better. Because what, what's so interesting to me about online dating in general is that there really hasn't been like a guidebook to how to do it or a guidebook to how to present yourself online. And I think that we've gotten into a place in society where everything is very filtered. Now with social media, we're putting up like the most filtered versions of ourselves. But really, when you're looking for someone, particularly in dating and friendship, you're looking for somebody who can really appreciate the most authentic version of yourself, the real you. And, um, and I would see uh, through profile doctoring in real life too at events, I would see these incredible, unique people sit down in front of me who had, you know, little quirks to their personality and all of these things that are very endearing. And then you look at their profile and it's filtered and very serious in the same photo and it doesn't show a complete story of who you are and so I would match with people and say please don't take this the wrong way but I think I can help you and so I would help like doctor their profile and actually they'd send photos and I'd help curate it and and find the things that help you 
put the most true version of yourself out there online. So that is so interesting because it's kind of counterintuitive, right? It's like we, we think, oh, all these things, like you only have one chance to make a first impression. It kind of goes against the grain of what we think, especially if, you know, maybe you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and you're kind of on dating apps again, and you've gone through some stuff in your relationship, and you're thinking, you know, I don't know, do I still got it? Or you feel like you have to put your best foot forward, or you need to use a lot of filters, you should be looking younger. You know, so you're kind of saying that, you definitely want to be as authentic as possible. How do you think people can get over that fear of it's not going to be good enough? I think when you listen to people's stories about how they meet or the story about how they fell for each other, it's never, and it probably is an unhealthy relationship if it's about like this person was the best looking human that I'd ever seen and we fell for each other and we locked eyes across the room. It's the story, the funny things that happen along the that that first encounter that actually you know or the moments where like your your true self comes out i mean how do people get married after like a few months it's because they've been able to really feel like they're being seen by the other person and i think that you know all of that comes down to trusting who you are and you wouldn't want to be with somebody who doesn't value that anyway and so i think that by putting your most authentic self out there you skip past all of those like months of it's Chris Rock who said, uh, it was a quote that said, when you're meeting somebody for the first time, you're not meeting them, you're meeting their representative. And if you can get past that moment of feeling like you need to be some version of yourself that you think other people will, will appeal to other, uh, appeal to them, you know, and just breathe and be who you are, I think you're, you're going to have a better chance of finding the right person. But, uh, you know, to touch on divorce too, I mean, I, I feel like what's interesting about going through a loss or a breakup of some sort is that if you're willing to do the work around it, you're actually way better suited to be in a relationship because you, you have so much more insight and lessons and into who you are, what you want, what works and what doesn't work. And if you can look at your self and, and, and with, with love and, you know, pivot, you know, and, and take those opportunities to grow. I think that the relationships that you can have afterwards can be so much more enriching. Yeah, I love that so much. And I know that you kind of have like a, a personal story, a personal kind of a like relationship story of working through some of your own stuff, you know, similar to Danny and I. And I love that it kind of all comes down to uh, doing the work on yourself, doing that self-awareness work, really kind of introspecting and, and trying to figure out what your best self is. So how would you go about, you know, or like what are some of the resources or can you tell us a little bit about that story? Gosh, I think there have been so many, so many things that have been helpful for me on that journey afterwards. I feel like we are hardest on ourselves. We're, we give everybody else the benefit of the doubt, but we tend to be our own worst critic. It's like the person living inside of your head is a bully. And I think that being able to get in touch with that and learn that the way that I talk to myself matters because it almost dictates the way that I allow other people to talk to me. Um, and if you're familiar with hearing negative self-talk and somebody starts to criticize you or, or put you down in that same way that you, you're you used to hearing, it almost becomes comforting. It feels like somebody's really seeing the real you and that's not who you are. And I think that was really, that's been something that's been really helpful for me. I think I also have learned a lot about communication and being honest with yourself. I think that so oftentimes we, it's actually one of, to me, one of the easiest things we can do is lie to ourselves and, you know, tell ourselves that we're happy or that this is the right person. Or I, you know, I, 
enjoy what I'm doing or I'm not enough is another lie that we tell ourselves all the time. And I think that if we can just make sure to, to take this, to spend enough time with ourselves without anybody else's opinions of us there, you know, I think that you really can cultivate a true relationship with you. Another thing that I learned a lot about and that I struggled, I, I, I have always struggled with this boundaries. And I think that the ultimate act of self-love is, is figuring out what your boundaries are and respecting and honoring those in all of your relationships. It, it creates new expectations. Uh, it puts expectations, actually puts them in place because if you don't have any boundaries and you start to, you know, I think that so much of, of what you can do is start to resent another person because they're crossing boundaries that they don't know exist and that you don't realize exist. And all of a sudden you're having a mismanaged expectations of a relationship. I've learned a lot. I mean, we could talk about this forever, but that's what we're trying to end is toxic relationships. And I think that we so, you know, on Bumble, we're trying to end that in, in dating and in, in friendship and in business. And if you're, if you have a toxic relationship in one part of your life, if it's, you know, friend, if a toxic friend or a toxic business associate or whatever it is, and that can bleed into every part of your life, you know, because it start, that relationship really can start to impact the others. And I think that that constant evaluation and, you know, bringing people in and out of your life and, and setting those boundaries is very important. Cool. I definitely just love that. And, you know, it's it can be really scary, I think. To have to, you know, get into new situations, get into new relationships, um, and to have those conversations. So, did you kind of going through your pro like your process? Did you get into a situation where you maybe were, you know, with the same person, like kind of in the same situation that you wanted to get out of, and you were like, "Cool, I haven't really learned the lesson yet." Did you have to go back and like kind of reevaluate? Has it been a practice? What about that? I actually had to learn the lesson in a hard way. Um, I did this, this retreat. It was called the Hoffman Institute, Hoffman process and Napa. It was about six months ago. And there's a moment where you're supposed to confront people or a person who's hurt you and really confront them. And I realized in that moment that I couldn't because the person who'd hurt me the most was myself. And I hadn't, because I hadn't had enough, uh, self-love to really create that that boundary in the first place. And so I think that was the way that I really learned that lesson. And, but I've learned that lesson over and over again throughout my entire life by uh, realizing that things aren't working for me and not understanding why. And it's because you haven't had that, that foresight to, to set. I actually think that boundaries create a lot of respect as well. If somebody's willing to honor themselves and set that tone, I think that anytime that you do something courageous, whether it's a boundary or uh, standing up for yourself or standing in your truth and being honest about what you need, and it, it allows other people, it almost gives other people permission to do the same. It's like making the first move in your life. Is it, it, I mean, as a woman, that is something that we don't do. And then you, you hear of somebody doing that and it, and it encourages you to give it a try. It's almost like by going out into the unknown and doing things that make us uncomfortable, we help other people do the same. This is such a great conversation. And I love that we're talking so much about kind of showing your authentic way of being. Um, I wanted to ask you something like, obviously, you are extremely successful. You are obviously a strong woman, career woman. And I love that Bumble is now kind of, you know, embracing Bumble biz and, and networking and, and really focused on that. And obviously, with women making the first move, it kind of puts women front and center. And so the question is, and this has come up a little bit in dating over the last several years with both Danny and I, 
I, both of us are in, you know, we're in relationships now, committed relationships now, but, you know, it was this delicate balance of being a strong woman but also, you know, it's hard because at some point you feel like, oh my God, am I being too strong? Am I coming off too strong? Who's going to be able to handle me? Uh, you know, and you hear a lot of men, we're talking about heterosexual relationships, but partners, potential partners saying, well, you know, I do want a strong woman, but sometimes like you, it, it comes off like they don't. And sometimes it's scary to be like, you know, can, is there going to be someone who can handle this? Am I too much for someone? So how do you navigate that balance? And I, I feel like even bad having to, to talk about this, but I think you kind of know where I'm going with this. And I think I know what you're going to say, be authentic and the right person will show up, but I'm interested in your thoughts on this kind of balance. You know, I think I hate that we have to have this conversation and it's, and it's, by the way, I don't hate that you're asking me this question because I, I, I know this is part of everyday life, but I, I absolutely, it just goes back to this whole rhetoric that women need to be delicate and frail and needy and that men won't like strong women. And I've heard that so many times. And I just, I hate that we're still in a place where that exists. And I, I honestly feel like if we can get to a place where people are more authentic or, you know, like vulnerable in, in their interactions with one another, like we all are weak and we're all strong and we all have masculine energy and we all have feminine energy. And those are all things that can play, you know, interconnected with each other without, stopping one. I think that vulnerability is actually very courageous. So for a woman to stand in that truth and also be a strong woman, it's not all, I mean, it's all interconnected. I just don't think that any of it is mutually exclusive. And I think that, you know, if, if you're being like, there's strong looks like so many different things. And I think that sometimes we are afraid to let people in. And that's a way that we almost, use strength as a tool, like as a word that we use to, to protect ourselves when really like, you know, the courage and the strength comes into opening up and being yourself. And I think that that's when, you know, whoever you truly are can connect with someone else. And I think that there are enough strong men, uh, men who are willing to support strong women in the world. I think that I, I just think we're in a moment where it's inviting men into the conversation, actually allowing, giving them the space to be authentic as well. Because speaking of strength, I mean, talk about something that men have had to pattern for their entire lives is, is that, that unwillingness to be open and to be honest. And, and I think that's part of the, the best of relationships is that if you allow somebody in to love you, the relationship can be very healing. And I'm not saying that the other person is, is the healer or heals you, but it actually, you know, by opening up and, and addressing your issues, it gives you the space. Like relationships can give you the space to heal yourself from all of the uh, societal constructs and, and pressure that we put on ourselves. I love that so much. And, you know, I do love that this conversation is so centered around authenticity. And I think sometimes, you know, it can be a little bit, well, not only scary to kind of show your authentic way of being, but also sometimes we feel shame around like not really knowing what that is uh, because maybe we've been walking around, putting on a show all the time, trying to be, you know, the best version of ourselves. So like, what advice would you give to someone who's listening to this and going, okay, I don't even know what my authentic self looks like. Um, I definitely want to be that, but like, where do I go? How do I get started with that? I think that... It I, that that's an interesting question. I think that that's a person to person level, but I think that those moments when you feel free and you feel joy and you feel like you're really you're 
you've hit a stride and that can last for five seconds. That could be anything from reading a book by the beach and feeling so like happy and content and at peace in that moment. Or it could be dancing on a table and like that makes you feel like the best version of yourself. I mean, that that is wherever you feel the best. It's like any time that you feel those moments and it's not like there's this, I, I don't really think there's this like aha moment. This is who I am because we're all so complex. We show up in little ways, like our, who we are shows up in so many different ways and in so many different experiences. And it's just finding those moments that allow you to feel content in your life um, and at peace with who you are. I think that it's, it's those moments that are free of, you know, anxiety and all of the things that we do that, that keep us from being in, in touch with ourselves that really help define that. And then I think once uh, in terms of showing up, honestly, like on, on our platform, I think that that can look a lot of different ways. I think it's so important to show because just because you like to have brunch, does it, that, that doesn't mean that that's not like the, your authentic. I mean, it, it's, it's an interesting thing because I'm, I'm thinking about listening to this conversation and wondering if, if people would say, well, what if I, you know, would me at a concert be my authentic self? Sure. Like just show all of the things that you like to do, all of the things that bring you joy and all of the things that you would, that it would be fun to share with someone else because you're looking for someone. If you like to surf, put that up because you want to, you want somebody who's open to being outdoors and um, sharing in those experiences with you. If you like to work out, showcase that. If you want somebody to do that with you and that's in friendship or dating, you know, it's, it's finding people to be along on, on the journey with you. So amazing. Um, I love that so much. So, you know, when you say that you're kind of doing maybe profile doctoring, um, you know, and improving people's profile, what are some of like maybe the biggest mistakes that you see besides kind of <laughs> trying to be someone you're not? What are some of the biggest mistakes that you can share with our audience that people are doing in their profiles or on these apps that would be applicable? Sure. Um, if you are a, well, first off, I do want to say just about the Bumble platform to anybody listening who's in a relationship or married, you don't have to use, like you, 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 you can use Bumble and you can use it without dating on the platform. There's a setting where you can hide dating and it's actually timestamped. So the last day that you used dating will be May 1st, 2019. And that you can actually show that to a partner to show that it hasn't been on your, your version of the platform since then. But and I actually kind of got lost in, in that thought. But going back to profile doctoring. Okay, so what I think that people do wrong or just don't show the best versions of themselves, there's a couple things. One, if you're like fun loving and, and you like banter and like banter is a way that, you know, that that's like a, a de-stressor for you. Don't make your profile so serious in the bio. You know, if you're answering our, our questions that are there to like help like question prompts and things like that, like be lighthearted, be whoever you want to be, whatever makes you feel the most confident on a, on a date or with a friend, like you let that personality show through in your bio um, and profile photos. I would be very selective of the people that are in your photos with you. I think that we, you know, you know, if I were to put up a photo of me and my brother and I'm looking I'm interested in men and I'm looking for a date. My brother could look like a partner, you know, and, and it could send the wrong message. And I think that a lot of times people put up group photos and it's hard to tell who you are. Um, if you have a bunch of photos of you and, and your friends, you know, how do you know? I mean, in the bio and in the questions, you can show that you're social. And I think it's always okay to have like one group photo, but I wouldn't let the whole thing, uh, all of your photos be be groups. And I think that, you know, when when you 
it's like a first impression. So think of Bumble as walking down the street in New York. We'll take New York, for example, because people are walking down the street all the time. You're passing people very quickly, right? On, on Bumble, when you're going through, a lot of times you're passing people and you have that split second. And if it's a group photo, it's hard to tell who the person is. And, uh, and people, unfortunately, don't take as much time if they're in a rush, you know, looking through profile photos. So I would recommend for your first photo, have it be current. You know, if your hair is, is blonde and you, you were a redhead at one point, put up a photo of you blonde because that's who's going to show up on the date. I would not use um, sunglasses. I think that sunglasses are fine in a couple of photos, but people want to see your eyes um, and a candid. I also would recommend like if you, if your whole identity lies, let's say your whole identity lies in modeling or your whole identity lies in motorcycles and that's you're just looking for somebody to be along literally for the ride with you, then put up a photo of you on a motorcycle. But if that is just a photo that makes you look cool or empowered or a modeling photo is something that you think just make, makes you look, you know, more what you think seems more desirable by those are actually intimidating. They, they aren't as approachable. And, and when you're walking down the street in New York. It's the person who smiles at you and connects with you that actually is, is would be somebody that you would you would want to meet. So I would stay away from photos that feel too serious or too filtered or curated. I also am a, a huge believer in using all of our badges. Our badges are ways to use, uh, to show your intentions. You can show what you're looking for. You can put up your Zodiac sign. You can show that you like to work out. You can show that you like to drink or you don't like to drink. And th that's all there and available to use. And then I am a, I, we have Spotify integration. I just think music is such an incredible way to connect with other people and uh, to see if you have, you know, music becomes the soundtrack to your life and it's great to find somebody who you have similar soundtracks because um, there's really nothing worse than dating somebody and, and neither one of you, one of you liking country and one of you liking electronic and that just doesn't really work. So I, I am a big believer in that. I actually use Bumble to look for new artists on Spotify because you can put your top 10 favorite artists and I, I, I find that really interesting. And then Instagram integration just gives you more opportunities. That's where you can showcase your friends and those are pulled from your most recent photos. That is so great. And I have to tell you, we actually know a lot of people in our industry um, who are on social media and stuff and they're actually using, especially like some men are using that we know are using their Bumble profile to build their social media. So they'll actually say, you know, they'll swipe or whatever and they'll say, hey, I'm never on this app, but go ahead and connect with me on Instagram or something like that and using it to build their uh, Instagram following, which is hilarious. If you ever feel uncomfortable by anybody misusing the platform or finding you in other ways that doesn't make you feel safe, let us know and we'll take action against it because this whole platform is about putting women in control. And if you don't feel like you're, you know, like if you don't feel in control or you feel like somebody has crossed a boundary online that does not, that doesn't make you feel secure, we're here. We have an incredible team that is our, our community experience team that is there all the time. And we have really low harassment rates on Bumble, but I mean, we're constantly putting in features to make it better and to make the experience better. And part of, you know, one of the values that we lead by is accountability. And we hold people accountable for their actions. So if they are going against what they signed up for, essentially by being on Bumble, we take action against it. Amazing. I love that. And I love that you guys are taking action on that. So I have a couple more questions if you have time. Um, 
And so, you know, if you're on the app and let's just get super like tactical with it. If you're on the app and you're swiping, it can feel a little bit overwhelming. Like how do you manage this? So if you're on, I don't know, maybe for like, do you set your timer for like 10 minutes or 20 minutes and swipe? I mean, at the time, like totally flies by and you're getting this like dopamine hit the whole time. But then let's just say you have like a whole bunch of matches and like you don't really know how to filter it. So I actually have a system that I use. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I'd totally recommend it, but I do have a system that I use. What, what was your system? I actually call this a triple opt-in. And so I swipe through. I set my, like not set my timer, but like say, okay, I'm going to have like 10 for 20 minutes or whatever. Uh, and by the way, like I said, I'm in a relationship now. So I haven't done this in a few years. I haven't been on the app in a while, but I used to just swipe for like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or so. And first round, very liberal. Uh, so just like, you know, super liberal, whatever. And I would just match, match, match. And then I would go back through and I would look at each one of the matches and decide if I would really actually meet this person in person. And if I wouldn't, I would actually immediately unmatch. So that was kind of like the, okay, cool. First swipe, second, the second tier. And then the third was I would often wait for an extend to see if someone was really interested in that. I would definitely take that into account too. See, I will say one thing about, about your, your formula that you had it, it, thinking about that from the man's perspective actually is like heartbreaking because <laughs> they, <laughs> they get the match and then they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. And then you're waiting to see if they extend before a first mover, they get that unmatch. I think that, you know, what it, it dating in so many ways is a numbers game, but I, I do think that, that match with people who you want to talk to. Um, and then I, what I what I would say to that, interestingly enough, is that if you unmatch with somebody because you don't think based on their profile, which we just discussed that a lot of times profiles aren't truly the most indicative. They are, but the, the people can always surprise you. I think that so oftentimes we have like a checklist of what we're looking for in a person. And it's always this, it, it tends to be somebody who surprises you and doesn't actually fit into the box of what you're looking for that shows up in your life and, and has an impact. And so... I would recommend making a first move and just seeing where the conversation goes. You click with people or you don't. That happens, you know, like that's, there are so many ways to define chemistry and so much of that is, is can be based on whether or not you interact well. And so I, I feel like I would recommend, you know, matching with people that you're interested in using our, we have first move suggestions that are there. They're written up and they, they auto populate and you can send a first move that gets you into an interesting conversation and seeing which ones work again, it's a dating game. So a lot of times, you know, you just won't end up hitting it off with somebody and that's okay. And then limit it down from there to the people that you, you do find interesting and you do have a good rapport going with. What I would recommend if you're going to unmatch with somebody differently than if you unmatch before you make a first move, if you're in a conversation and you unmatch, I am just such a firm believer in being kind and, and letting somebody know ahead of time, like, Hey, I, I'm just not interested or I'm, you know, I'm working on something else. I mean, anything is, is, is nicer than being ghosted. So that would be, that would be something that I would totally like recommend doing it. It just, it's those moments that I think actually help in our own like journeys and dating. They, it's like those awkward situations that you get through that actually help you kind of figure out how you show up in relationships and how you communicate. I do love the idea of being open because, you know, honestly, I think if you do, I mean, again, like obviously you need to have parameters, but 
it's funny because I'm dating a guy right now that is five years younger than me. And I don't know that if I was on the app, I probably would never have met him on the app because my age range would not be five years younger. I'd probably have it, you know, maybe my age and 15 years above. So I love that you're kind of reiterating the fact that you do have to stay open. I always say Bumble with an open mind because you just don't know. You could match with someone and start a conversation and y'all realize that you're best friends, you know, or that you're like their best friend could be perfect for you. You know, I mean, it's just, I think that life is all about connections and, and getting out there and meeting new people. And I think that the biggest thing to do is to bumble with an open mind and to bumble with low, no pressure. Don't put so much expectation on another person. I think that that goes back to what we were originally talking about. It's like the whole idea of needing somebody else to validate you or needing to find, you know, somebody to mar- to get married to and to have this life with and that defines your success. That's just not like there's so much, so many ways to be successful and bumble. And if it's, you've gotten out of a, like a marriage or a relationship and you're just trying to put yourself back out there and saying hi to five different people and starting a conversation and realizing that you still can flirt or chat with people, that's a win. That's a huge win. Going on one date with somebody and just putting yourself back out there again after something is, is a major win, I think. And, and so I, I think that instead of meeting someone for the first time and expecting to fall in love, it, it just puts, it makes it easier to get, because we get nervous, right? Like we, we start to build up these expectations and then we start to act out against them because of all the pressure. And I think that the easiest thing to do is to just meet people and, and, and see where the conversation goes and go from there. I love that so much. Uh, so if you guys are not following Alex on uh, the socials, go ahead and do that. It's at Williamson on Instagram. And make sure you guys are following at Bumble, at Bumble BFF. Like we said, we love this app so much. And we especially love it for you guys have been asking us, like, how do I meet other maybe potential friends in my area? Um, or, of course, if you're dating, it's we talked a lot about dating in this episode, which is uh, great. Make sure you guys are following along. Make sure that you uh, let us know what you thought of this episode. Uh, send, you know, Alex, give her all the love if you love this episode and let us know as well. Go ahead and make sure that you are part of our group on Facebook, thebestlifepodcast.com. We'll get you there. Free Facebook group where we have all the conversations about the episodes. Um, Alex, you are the best. I just appreciate this so much. This conversation was so uh, enlightening and gave us a great perspective on this app and at what you guys are doing. And we just really, we love the app. We love um, learning more about the background and the company. And we just appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was such a fun conversation and beautiful surroundings. All right, guys, we will talk to you soon. Uh, Make sure that you guys leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Uh, Give us a five-star review. That would be amazing. But let us know so that other people who find the podcast can know what it is all about. And that is it. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Bye. Bye.